Switched on on F14 and the Irish Independent podcast, I'm Not Here to Hurt You, tells the story of John O'Hegarty, Ireland's polite bank robber, and now joined by John and independent journalist Kevin Doyle. Hello. Hi, Louise. Hey, Louise. How you doing? Thank you both for popping in. Much appreciated. So that title, Ireland's politest bank robber, how does that sit with you now? It's it's with me. It's just for me, okay. Um, mm-hmm. It could be worse. It could be called worse things. Um, yeah, it's just for me, okay. How was it to, I suppose, join Kevin and tell this story, your story? It was a journey. Um, we were just describing to you before we we, we went on at a, a point we started it. It, it was, um, yeah, it was very interesting. It was, it, it started out as as a something that was quite difficult for me I'd, I'd never been in front of a mic before <clears throat> like that um, and I had a, a team on the other side um, I had this guy on the other side mm-hmm. so it was it was quite daunting for me I had spoken to somebody in, in the independent before that but uh, yeah it was it was it was emotional I can imagine <laughs> and it was emotional Kevin for you so when you received that email from Isabel telling you about this guy John mm. Did you go, is this even real? There is an element of that. And obviously you look in and at the time of John's bank robberies, uh, there were small court reports at the time. There, mm. It was a news story, but one that obviously had been forgotten from our collective memory over time. So I knew pretty quickly that it, it was a genuine story. But I suppose what I didn't know was, would he really tell the full story? Because it's a rare thing that you get to sit down in a room with a bank robber. And mm-hmm. then I guess as anyone, and I'm sure you'll touch on it, Louise, anyone who's listened to the podcast, the actual backdrop to all of that and how the story starts out from the Trinity graduate academic mm-hmm. um, to ending up in jail, it's it's quite a fascinating kind of sliding doors moment. Do you remember, because there was 16 raids in Dublin altogether, do you remember what was going through your head when you would I suppose, step into a bank, kind of knowing what you were going to do? You're very focused. You're very focused. Um, you don't you don't step over the uh, threshold of a bank to rob it unless you're extremely hyper focused. So no, I don't remember very much, Louise. I don't remember very much other than you know, as I said, keeping keeping to my keeping to my plan. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, um, I had a protocol, and that was one of not getting caught not hurting mm-hmm. anybody mm-hmm. getting the money and getting out of there um, mm. and beyond that no it did come to a point where obviously you're kind of realising that maybe this won't be able to continue you did end up in prison we're not going to give too much away because people need to go and get all the details <coughs> to get the full extent of what happened what was going through our head and all the different aspects that were happening at the time but with the podcast as well, you were kind of hoping to show once somebody goes to prison and then comes to kind of reestablish themselves into real life, how do they do that? And can they do that? Have you found you've been able to do that? I'm still doing it. I'm still doing it. Um, I don't want to say you don't, you know, you, you never leave prison behind. You, 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 I've often heard that expression or that phrase you know you, you never leave prison behind or um 
there's a certain truth to it. Obviously, it's 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 part of your past. But um, yeah, it's taken me the best part of a decade to to I don't know what the word you want to use is reintegrate mm-hmm. to to feel part of of the world again. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're you know you're you've come from a very different place. Um, so yeah, it's it's taken ten years. What was the hardest part for you? Of coming out? Yeah. Finding a, a place for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you, you don't know how, what, what to identify or where to identify with. Um, so you've spent six years in a, what's effectively a little world. Um, and that has its own set of rules and values and and then you're you're spat back out into the <coughs> the outside, as they they say, and you have no point of reference. <coughs> the things you'd been you had been identifying with, um, they're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're trying to find your own place again, your own niche, and because of this, I suppose the skills that you may have learned, not the official ones mm-hmm. in prison, and also the the mindset that you come out with. Um, you know, only fools and horses work. Only fools and horses work. You know, you don't. So if that's if that's that, if that's an easy go to, for for people, mm-hmm. um, upon release, why why are you even gonna bother the resistance and the 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 pain of trying to reintegrate, um, be it with your 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 loved ones, your family, your your friends, your 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 place of employment if you had one or you can go back to one or whatever your your career was mm-hmm. they're all gone you know um and, and if if you're lucky enough to be left with people around you fantastic but if you're not um which a lot of prisoners aren't they don't always go back to families they don't yeah. always go back to stability yeah, trying to trying to find that and, and and rebuild that from from nothing is is, is very very difficult with the podcast, obviously, there's a, a lot of research and a lot of extra work that went into it as well. How difficult was it to kind of piece it together from the information you're getting from John and, I suppose, official documents as well? Well, I thought it would take a few weeks, Louise, and it <laughs> took a year. So that answered your question to some extent. One thing I will say about John is that at the start of this process, um, we had a fairly blunt conversation about his input in the podcast, which mm-hmm. was basically to submit himself to a, a series of interviews. And we told him that myself and the team who worked on this are journalists. So if we're making it, we will be fair, but we will also go away and fact check everything and try and find other people with other perspectives on what happened, mm-hmm. because a lot of people got hurt by by John's actions along the way. So. I mean, part of that was trying to get official records that took months and months because they were buried in a dusty box in a storage unit yeah. um, uh, relating to the accident to try and get the full facts about that. And it was worth doing because, as it turned out, some of John's memories um, were not entirely accurate mm-hmm. about the accident. Um, not in any, I think, way that misled us, but yeah. just the facts are the facts. Mm-hmm. Um, and likewise, we speak to other people um, who would view his actions quite differently. So it was a lot to pull the story together, but I think what we ended up in, and in fairness to John, he never tried to sway us away from doing any of that. And when he, uh, to date at least, he hasn't come back to complain to us about how it's presented in the podcast. Um, 
But I think overall, the listener will hopefully get a very kind of balanced perspective on what happened, why it happened, and they can reach their own judgments at the end of it in terms of, I suppose, what's right and good and bad. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. And it's such, I suppose, as I was saying to you, it's something that could literally happen to any of us, the way it kind of all played out. So it really kind of, I'm assuming that's how people are kind of finding it and finding their own way. I I think it's okay to give enough away to say that the accident was an accident caused by John where he cycled down Baggett Street the wrong way. And that had catastrophic consequences that Mm. none of us could really imagine. And what struck me about that is, is there anybody listening tonight who can say that they haven't cycled down a street the wrong way? that they haven't crossed a street when the traffic light hasn't had the little green man flashing mm-hmm. at them, that hasn't glanced at their phone when they're driving their car. We all do these things from time to time and we don't really expect any consequence. In John's case, the consequence was just life-changing mm-hmm. and it was life-changing for other people too and that come that story is told in the podcast. But um, And I think that for me is probably one of the most fascinating but also tragic parts of the story is that yeah you're right Louise it was just something that the rest of us take for granted but in this instance it just caused a chain effect yeah absolutely and you said and we were chatting as well that obviously coming out of jail it's a huge change for you because obviously you're coming from a completely different environment into one that's kind of moving very fast with technology and everything that's happening (coughs) what would you like to see for people coming out of prison what way do you think would be better for them to be integrated back into life um man there's, there's there's many answers to that question but to be to be blunt and be quick about it um i think people need to have have skills that are relevant that 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 will place them and give them some some place in the world again um and not just keep them busy mm-hmm. and unfortunately that a, a lot of what takes place in prison is just um operational as they say it's just we 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 go from a to b and you know when you get released you get released so um if we don't want to have the revolving door um scenario which we've had for for way too long Mm -hmm. we need to stop and really ask ourselves what are we doing here um you know on on every level um from you know crime addiction you know where the money's going but where people's lives are going as well you Mm -hmm. know so um there's a lot to it and, and i know there's no there's no quick quick solution to this um there's no quick answer but um, certainly, what people are coming out of prison with now, you know, is is it doesn't suffice, and um, statistics alone bear that. You know, I would say, Louise, one of the big things I learned from spending so much time with John over the last year is that he's actually quite an exceptional case because he has, and I'm I better get this right now, but I think he has <laughs> a ima- a de- degree in psychology from the University of Leuven who listeners might know is a pretty prestigious university in in Belgium he has a master's in psychoanalytics from Trinity College and several other qualifications half of people in prison left school before they were 15 so he had it all in terms of education um but he spent 10 years in the shadows when he came back out because he couldn't get a proper job find somewhere to live 
reintegrate into what we would consider normal society and it kind of begs the question of can you ever be an ex-con it actually follows you everywhere um and for me that's one of the things that really got me thinking from his story is if he can't make it what chance does somebody who left school when they were 14 yeah there needs to be more processes put into place to uh, allow and help people to reintegrate properly and not just kind of pop them back in and hope that they swim yeah it's 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 kind of extraordinary when you actually study like the the amount of mental health problems in prison in the irish prison service there's one psychologist for every 257 inmates it's it's kind of hard to comprehend how that is when there's so many problems in there there's 70 percent of people who go into prison as john did have addiction problems and uh, when you break that down that's the vast majority of people in there but the services aren't there to help them get clean and as part of this i even put that to the prison services that that's an extraordinary high number and their answer was along the lines of prisons will never be drug free until mm-hmm. society is drug free so there is almost kind of a <coughs> throw your hands up in the air kind we of scenario know. to it yeah. um and obviously then recidivism is so high in this country and you have to think well maybe there are some of the reasons so how is life now life is good Life is good. good. I have the wind at my back. Good. Mm. Where's the best place people can check out the podcast? Oh, on, on all usual platforms <laughs> or whatever the tagline is for these things. Wherever you listen it's, to it. Yeah, exactly. Wherever you get your podcasts, it's on Apple, Spotify. Um, you can get it on the independent website as well. But I guess Apple and Spotify are where most normal people go. Excellent. So it's called I'm Not Here to Hurt You. It's the Irish Independent Podcast. John and Kevin, thank you so much for popping in. Thanks, Thanks so much for having me.